Welcome to the Surveyor Hub podcast, brought to you by Blue Box Partners, the only show dedicated to small business residential surveyors and valuers, created by surveyors for surveyors. In every episode, you'll learn something new about the vibrant and thriving industry of residential surveying. We don't mind what flavor of surveyor you are or what level of experience you might have. If you're in the business of helping people with their homes, this is the community for you. Today's conversation is with Juliet Smithson, Head of Operations at Lionheart, the RICS Benevolent Fund that supports surveyors and their families. This conversation was recorded before the government had announced measures to support small businesses and the self-employed. So you may find some of the information is ever so slightly out of date if you're listening on replay. What won't have changed is that Lionheart is definitely there to support you. So good to talk to you. Good to yeah. talk to you. And thanks for uh, for squeezing this in. No problem. Have you got kids at home? Yeah, I've got um, an 18-year-old who thinks the world is over because she was due to do A-levels. And it's just so hard for them because she's been working so consistently, so hard. And then suddenly it's just like everything's gone. And it, you know, she doesn't know what the impact's going to be. She doesn't, like she said, you know, if you came out of an exam and you know, as you walk out that you've answered the question wrong, you can, you've got a month or two to get your head around the fact that that's gone badly wrong for you. But she said, I I haven't even got that. I've just, it's just come to a juddering halt. That's horrible, isn't it? You, You saying that reminded me actually years ago. So before I became a surveyor, and actually the start of my journey to become a surveyor, as I think about it. So I did my A-levels. Um, I was quite poorly when I had my uh, my A-levels. I had um, a tumour and... Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, ovarian. And I wasn't well enough to start my estate management degree. So I took a, a year out, which then turned into two or three. I did everything from temping, uh, working for British Gas, you know, BT on the phones, you name it, I've, I've done it. And I got to a point where I just, I had a quite a good job, admin job, like my life is not going to get better than this. And so I signed myself up to do some business and marketing part-time courses. I was going to work in yeah. a bar and things. And I left my job on the, on the Friday. I remember finishing early on the Friday. And these are the days before mobile phones, which makes me feel really old. Yeah. And I did a bit of shopping in town, got the bus home, and there was a message on my answering machine saying they didn't have enough people and so the courses were cancelled. And I just felt like the plug had been pulled. You know, mm. I'd prepped and, and made so many decisions and planned and I just had to embrace yeah. what was going on. And I remember just feeling into it and thinking, okay, I've never had a weekend or a week in my life where I've not had something planned or organized or knew what I was going to do. And what I then did is I actually walked into the university to see what court that the week after, see what courses they had on. And I bumped into my college lecturer who I'd met a few years before, who I'd talked to about state management, and I got back on that course. And I ended up at the start of my journey as a surveyor. It's funny how sort of things come round, but you just saying that reminds me of that feeling of just what's going to happen in life. And especially at such a young age as well. So thanks for coming on the call. I wanted to talk to you today about Lionheart, but also yeah. particular SMEs. Yes. 
So within my Surveyor Hub community, we've got quite a lot of frightened people, I think it's yeah. fair to say. And we've got some calling already. Yeah, well, good, because I've been telling everybody about Lionheart, left, right, left, right and centre. And there are so many people out there who don't know about Lionheart. So how about we just start with, for those who don't know who Lionheart are, what they do, give us a, the overview. So we've been around for 130 years or more, supporting RICS members and their families with a range of life challenges. Um, everything from the, the, the helpline can literally deal with all sorts of things from income issues, um, legal questions, whether that's as a, as a small employer, as somebody who's got a contract in their hand that they, they need to understand. We've had a few of those in the last week. If you have staff who work for you, perhaps very part-time, we can help with support for that. We have a range of training and webinars and, and workshops. And all of the help desk, help desk team are coaches. Both they're trained as coaches as well, so we can help with, um, with coaching issues if, you, if people have ever wanted to work through something. We've also got counsellors on staff. We've got some mental health support. So there's a real range of possibilities. If, um, we also do back to work support so somebody is struggling to get back into work we can help with that as well and that could range from a bit of help with a cv or perhaps some confidence around interviews straight through to if somebody's been out for a long time we have some external partners that we use who can give some concentrated support and perhaps mastering linkedin that sort of thing that perhaps people are not familiar with or perhaps they haven't you know, we, we, we often get people who they've risen within a, an organisation and they haven't, or they've been working for themselves, and they've not actually tried to get another job for maybe 20 years. That's not uncommon. So it's quite, um, as benevolent funds go, we're generous. We're very wide ranging in support that we can offer. Um, and we really do tailor that to individuals. Uh, nobody is a number. You don't get a standard package of support. You get something that works exactly for you at the moment you need it. It really is that flexible. And so can you just explain to me what you mean by benevolent fund? So benevolent funds, are, they're interesting because they're, they're kind of Victorian in origin. And most of them were set up to look after widows and orphans in a, a world where you know, the men went out and did the breadwinning. Now we're not in those days, but we've kind of evolved from that because there's a, a safety net. There wasn't in very early Victorian era when we were formed. So we now offer that a huge range of, of services for anybody who is connected to the RICS community. So as soon as somebody registered, at, at the, as things stand at the moment, as soon as somebody is registered for their APC, they're eligible for everything that we have to offer. And that remains for life. So if they walk away from the career and they never come back as a survey, they could come back 20 years, 30 years later and still be eligible for help. It's a kind of tick the box you're in life oh, okay. um, and it's the partners as well yeah I didn't I didn't realize that I didn't realize yeah. that so when they when you say APC is that because they start they start to be paying members yes yes so so broadly if you've ever paid a membership fee to RICS you should be eligible for our support because okay. that's your partner by that we mean life partner because I know in the residential valuation sector which I am we have a lot of um ASOC associate surveyors yes so, so long as they're paying members or they've paid yeah. a fee at some point, then yeah. they'll be eligible for support. That's fantastic, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. The most common reaction when people find out what we do is, oh my goodness, I had no idea you did all of that. I think people think quite often that we're here for retired members. Um, and actually, we hardly help any retired members because one of the things that we don't support with is nursing home fees. 
because it, it would wipe us out and we want to there are you know other other ways of supporting that population but we're really here for um, we, we do we do get retired members and often that's just um you know they need an hour spent going through with one of the team going through an attendance allowance form or something often we find with the profession they uh, and that's something that we, we see right now with on the call center with the calls to the helpline and this is a profession that doesn't deal with the benefit system possibly ever many people have never had to claim anything and don't know the first where to start so the team have been helping people who've suddenly where their income's fallen off a cliff and we're helping people navigate what help is out where the team are being kept up to date and daily about the changing and we're obviously all waiting for the support for the self-employed which we're all hoping comes through and um, and should be we're expecting that i was listening to radio this morning we think it might be this friday and um we'll be keeping the team up to date with that so that we can help people understand what to submit what evidence is needed how they do it which are the legitimate websites to use where the, where's the best source of guidance and then of course there is our grants program um which we've reviewed this week and our criteria have always been very very generous very certainly the um, thresholds are much more generous than the benefit system and we've looked at what evidence we would normally ask for and we're we're going to take a more pragmatic view understanding that people might have all, all they might have is an email saying I've got no more work for the foreseeable future and, and understanding that we'll look at that as evidence, whereas normally in a normal circumstance, we'd need a little more than that. So we have relaxed our, not relaxed our criteria, but but we've just been more pragmatic about the evidence that we take and understanding that this is a fast moving situation. It isn't something, you know, if people are being made redundant, often they've got a number of weeks knowledge that this is going to happen. It rarely happens and their income just stops. So we're aware that um, people may not have all the evidence in place now. Yeah, it's it's a really difficult time for surveyors. We're seeing that in the hub with the questions that they're asking, different places that they're going to to seek advice and support. Some of it's not great. You know, there's all sorts of pop-up, you know, groups yeah. and support. So it'll be interesting. So as we as we record this today, we haven't had the announcement from government. Our ICS are due to have some announcements as well. But that's a really useful reminder that you're a point of contact for absolutely. People. And and the team, you know, if you're feeling really, if anyone's feeling really overwhelmed, really stressed, just call the team because they can often do a lot of the legwork for you and come back with a plan that you know, need to submit this evidence to this person by this date, you've got 28 days, those sort of, they'll help people develop a, a really clear plan of what they need to do next. And we can see if they're eligible for our grant programme too. And obviously the other thing that we've got is counsellors. We have counsellors on staff and a lot of people are feeling really anxious. Perhaps if they were already struggling with their mental health, this is just is the straw that will break the camel's back. And we're aware of that. So we're increasing capacity on the helpline and with the counselling team. Why do you think people don't come to Lionheart? I think they forget. Quite often, I think they probably, most people come into contact with us at, at a CPD day. We do a lot of awareness raising and CPD days and maybe they're there and the times are good and they think, oh, I don't need that. That's not for me. Or I think people think, oh, that's for other people. I'll never need that. I'm fine. And of course, one of the things about what's going on now is it's a huge leveller. 
people who never expected mm-hmm. that they just expected that you know life would carry on and that they're shocked right now because life has just been paused with an uncertain time frame of it restarting and people I think people are not in the zone to take on the information when they hear about us or they're not fully aware of what we do so they think they won't they're not eligible whereas everyone is you know that literally if you phone the helpline there might be things that you're not eligible for usually that might be finances if you've got um, you know, a lot of savings or something but generally you will come away from a call with the helpline with something even if that is a signpost to someone else who can help you, you will get something from us. I guess that's because you offer such a wide range of services that people don't think that they can come to you for everything. It's a quite a unique uh, support function that you uh, that you offer. I, I mean, I've I've used the service myself. So when I left my corporate job and I was really struggling, I called up and had some counselling. I was offered 10 sessions really quickly. I think I did about six and thought, you know what, I'm going to be okay. But just having somebody to talk through at that time made the world of of difference. And since then, I've delivered some training for Lionheart, which I absolutely loved, some workshops on well-being and and resilience. And and so I I spread the word. And I'm really proud that Blue Box is partnering with with Lionheart where we can to support and raise awareness. So great to to have you on for it. Yeah, it's been really good for us too. And it's interesting you say you know, you're saying about um, a lot of surveyors don't have never had to fill out a, a benefits form or a form like that. And I wonder if that is that because perhaps the demographics that we have within our industry, or I mean, I find surveyors that are quite resilient. You know, yeah. they turn their hand to to anything. You know? I think also the, the profession is really broad as well. So what we see is you know, if if work's drying up in one place, then it might be more people are. They've also got surveys are adaptable. They've got a lot, a lot. We have a lot of people who've got, you know, I suppose the, the current jargon is a side hustle. They might have some properties that they, a, a small property portfolio, or they might be, you know, perhaps have a property they rent out, or you know, an Airbnb or something like that. And and so you know, when surveying works perhaps been a little bit dry, they've been able to diversify and do something else. And and what we're finding is that we're we're getting those people call us because. You know, the side hustle has dried up as well as you know, they've always been able to bridge those gaps and and now there's no there's no gig um, for them and so we we are finding that and I think also yeah but people have seem to have seamlessly moved from you know university into roles and they might have switched from like like you have done from a corporate career into working for themselves but they might have moved between the two a few times so we we have had a, a very adaptable and resilient profession and hence we, we we're getting from people who have no idea where to start with working out what they're eligible for because they've never needed to. Mm. And, and I think the other worry for me is that I think it's something like 60 or 70 percent, it's estimated because we don't know the actual numbers, but 60 to 70 percent of RSS members are SMEs, yeah, which is a huge chunk. So as we stand now, there's no government advice. That's quite a lot of people who will be be worried. Yeah, and many of those will be perhaps they might have somebody who works for them to book appointments or you know run an answer phone or run an, an office. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of husband and wife teams. Yeah, and yes, absolutely. And of course, people have then got to deal with the kind of requirements of, on employers that are new at the moment. I know that um, we've had some calls about from people who are, are really concerned about what their employer is asking them to do and uh, across 
the whole range of employers at the moment, and we've been supporting people with links to um, you know, to safe working practices at the moment. And um, so there's, a, there's certainly been a lot of change. Um, but yeah, we are getting husband and wife teams who uh, who are going to struggle to keep going in the current environment. Yeah, a lot of surveyors have have been asking about whether they should be doing surveys or not, whether they should be going out, and is that safe? Yeah, and and we've we've certainly had queries like that, and um, so we you know the team have been looking at what guidance is being issued, and obviously at the moment it's it's really confusing. It, um, it, I'm hoping for greater clarity, particularly today. It is, but also I think you've got to trust your gut feeling. You know, your gut instinct. What is the right and responsible thing to do? However hard that is, yeah. one of the things we've talked about in the hub has been. I think I did a little video one of my little informal lives on it was just you know initially ask your heart Mm. (laughs) what does your heart say sounds a bit fluffy what your heart or your gut instinct say is the right thing to do and then look at have you got enough information to make the decision and if you haven't go and find it if you have then you've got to action it but as soon as you start to make and take an action you get out of that analysis paralysis yeah and it means you can go ahead and start to move forward so yeah be interesting to see what comes out I suspect it won't be clear cut these things I doubt <laughs> the uh, current evidence would suggest it might not be and of course it's it's hugely complex because um it often you only have one point in the year if you if you if you've lost your job you've got you know pay slips that show what you've been earning and often for a self-employed people there's one point in the year when they Tot up what they've earned, and so that that system will have to be rebuilt. And, and so I, I suspect that's what the delay is. But and hopefully there'll be help coming shortly. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about was Lionheart's mental health campaigns. Yeah, because you've done quite a lot of that over the past. Yes, we have, and we're yeah we're currently partnering with the States Gazette to get the mental health message out there. We're doing a lot of um, mental health awareness training just setting out before people what does what does depression look like what does anxiety look like how might someone who who has bipolar disorder how how might they present how might you see them behave or what might be difficult for them what might they find challenging and then we've also got a level of training for managers about which goes into more depth about what are the responsible things that you should be doing as an employer what are the what are reasonable adjustments to help someone perform at work? Performing at work is our the thing that we want. We want people to come to work to be themselves, to perform at work, and for employers and colleagues and managers to support people to do the very best that they can. Understanding that there are different aspects of our personalities and our lives that um, we need to be more open about. And I guess people's rhythm and routines have now changed because they're not going into work. One of the yeah. things I thought of, was thinking about the other day, it's a glorious day outside. Yeah. And as surveyors, we get out quite a bit. And those yes. little walks back and to from a proper, you know, be, being out and about, it really helps us with our mental health and just the variety of jobs. And a lot of people are going to be stuck in the house or within the, the fines of their boundaries. And that changes things again, doesn't it? It's, I think it's been really important for employers to not just put people on the shelf and you know close down their businesses or whatever but to really check in with these people yeah we've been running some kind of themes on our social media around connecting and connecting differently so we had a 
we had a virtual social. So normally the Lionheart team would go out once a month and we'd have a, perhaps a meal together or go to the bar and have a few drinks together. Um, and we did a virtual social on Friday night and we all logged in very similar to this and, you know, with our glasses of wine and our nibbles and just chatted, but also just checked in with each other and, and just shared the kind of weirdness of, of the week. And then we had the school closures announcement and there was a lot for people to process. And many people need to process that with other people. And there are, you know, some people can go away and process it up a corner and on their own, but many people can't and need other people to help them do that. And often, many of us, our colleagues are, will perform that function, those water cooler chats, those checking in with people, those just the reassurance of knowing that other people feel as, as kind of cut adrift as you do. That's really important. Then we've been investing a lot of time, Reinhardt Senior Leadership Team have been investing a lot of time over the last week in just checking in with team and just checking that everybody's okay and not everybody's loves homeworking. Before I came to Lionheart, I did it for five years, so I'm kind of used to it. So but even that's been just going back into that mindset has been a little bit weird. It's, and I think one of the things that you know a lot a lot of surveyors don't like to share, you know, they yeah. You know, a lot of people that I come across are quite sort of introverted, dare I say it, or yeah. and actually checking in doesn't mean tell me your life story, Juliet. How yeah. are you feeling today and what did you have for breakfast? It is just, you know, hiya, you okay, you know, here's an, I'm another human being, here's what's going yeah. on with me. And you know, it, it's it's getting it off your chest as much as it is to listening to someone else. And it's knowing that you can share and someone is listening, but also that you're being heard. Yeah. And there's lots of ways of, of increasing that human contact. And that might be all that people need, but just pick up the phone rather than write an email. Um, you know, those email ping pong chains that go backwards and forwards in and out of your inbox. Just pick up the phone. At times like this, we need to hear other human voices with video call rather than phone someone up so you can see a face. And um, that sort of thing can be really helpful. And, um, and actually maintain your, your rhythm if you're working at home actually don't just have lunch at your desk do get up and go go walk in the garden and just have a lunch break have a day that has some routine in it you know go and get a coffee when you would have normally gone and got a coffee and yeah do you know I would love to have a quiet lunch but I've got two kids yes <laughs> what, what I... that's something else that's really challenging of course everybody's gone everybody's now got a side hustle as a teacher um, and we're all trying to you know do PE with Jay Wicks and science experiments at lunchtime and we're all you know we're all doing that as well so it's important that we kind of check in with colleagues on that too because um we're all we've all got an extra string to our bow right now you know do you know julia i've done two mornings of pe with joe wicks and i am broken <laughs> i'm gonna do it every other day now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know my my routine has has changed so i'm now trying to work between six and nine in the morning where I just have some quiet time and then pick up an hour in the evening and then during the day it's trying to have chunks of time with the children you know and then dip into bits that, that I need to but it's been a real wrench and for a lot of people they'll be really feeling that and you're right about the the whole connection piece when we started the surveyor hub last year we thought if we get a few people join 
it's an experiment. Everyone told me they weren't using Facebook. Lo and behold, you know, not even a year later, we've got 1,600 surveyors or surveyors in training within that group. And I've got about 100 more waiting to join that I've just joined this week because they're looking for a different kind of connection. And I, I'm seeing the activity that I normally have on LinkedIn move over to Facebook. And I wonder if that's with, with people who are coming at, you know, being at home more. So it's yeah. been it's been really interesting. And it's a very supportive community. We do have our to-dos, you know, we air them out and it's exactly what needs to happen. But it's just a way of feeling connected. One of the things that we've, we're just about to trial, I'm going to do my first one later today, um, is hub conversations. And it's literally a video, you know, dialing using Zoom with a few surveyors and we'll just have a chat for a bit. It doesn't have to be anything. Everyone's desperate for CPD and it's great to get that in the bag. But it doesn't mean that conversations with other people in your industry or your community isn't as valuable. So we've got one of those today. I've got another one specifically aimed at women in surveying just to see what it what it's like. They might work, they might not, but at least it's something that we can we can do. It doesn't really cost us a huge amount of money, just a bit of time. And and that's just different ways that people can can connect. I think this is really gonna change industry. Isn't it just I think it'll be really interesting to look back in two years and just see how differently people connect, how differently people are working. I think in property, it's going to be really interesting if, if, if this radical, unexpected experiment of home working works, why do you need an office? Do you need an office? Will it change the way we design and build houses in the future? Will we all have a home office at home or in the garden? Absolutely. I think it, I think it will. I think, yeah, those garden office um, companies um, are probably uh, have the phone ringing off the hook right now. Yeah, someone's making money at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> but it will change the way that we connect with our colleagues and the way that, that people work which for mental health it could be great you know if you're a a real morning person why can't you start at six in the morning and and then have the afternoon and you know go climbing or running or whatever whatever your thing is julia i didn't say i was a morning person it's killing (laughs) me but i'm doing i'm doing it but anybody um wants to contact us the website is lionheart.org.uk the helpline number is 0121 289 3300 or you can email info at lionheart.org.uk we have increased capacity on the helplines we haven't yet increased the opening times because we're not finding that people are struggling at the moment but please do you know if you need to phone out of hours leave us a message we'll call you back but do interact with the team they are ready to help we have seen already an increase in calls and um, they are able to support with that huge range of different possibilities and um, we're also going to look at getting some more webinars up we know people have got a bit of extra time perhaps um, time when they would have spent commuting so we're going to get some more webinars running at those sort of times and uh, see if we can uh, we'll get through this together we are stronger together we absolutely are you've been listening to the surveyor hub podcast We'd love it if you leave a review and let us know how we're doing. And if you want to find out more about how we're making a difference, visit us at blueboxpartners.com.